Hi, and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. My name is Mary Jo McGuire, owner of MJ Nutrition. I have a degree and master's in nutritional science, and I'm studying to be a nutritional therapist also. I work with women every day who want to lose weight, improve their relationship with food, hack their hormones, regulate their cycle, restore their periods, learn about nutrition for hormonal balance, help women come off the pill, and lots more. This podcast will be a place to talk about all things female health related, from periods, the pill, weight loss, diets, fertility, acne, PMS, and lots, lots more. I hope this platform to be educational and empowering so women can take charge of their health, their hormones, so they can feel and look their best at all stages. Hi and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. This is Mary Jo, your host, and thank you for listening to another episode. So this week I am joined by my very first guest that I had back when I started the podcast, Shane Walsh from Shane Walsh Fitness. Um, so Shane is a nutritionist who works with mainly females at, at the moment, I think, and I'll let him clarify that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and works on a lot of like female fat loss, female hormones, things like that. So quite similar in some areas areas to myself uh, he's got his podcast which is has so many great guests on it Shane Walsh um, fitness podcast and then you can get reach him on Instagram at Shane Walsh fitness and shanewalshfitness.com which is his website um, but I will let Shane kind of introduce himself and um, tell us a bit about his business what he does and then we'll get started on a few topics that we're going to chat about and uh, hope you enjoy Thank you, Shane, for coming on. <laughs> Thank you for very much for having me. Good, good. How is everything going with the world in the world of Shane Walsh Fitness? <laughs> yeah, it's good. I think the last time we spoke was like very early on. I think it was like the first or second episode of your podcast. So like, yeah, a lot of things have second yeah. episode. Well, I don't first. know. It was like really the first proper episode. The first one was just a mini intro and then you're the first content kind of episode. So yeah, yeah. got me started. A lot of things have... <laughs> yeah, I remember I remember I remember having that chat with you beforehand to just press record. I remember how nervous you were. So yeah. No, it's 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 it's, it's epic to see how far you've come and some of the guests you've had on as well. It's it's great to see. Um yeah, lots changed since then. Like I've, we've got Jane and Dallas are now along on the coaching team with myself as well. So the coaching team's expanding. We've got team SWF, which is our our one-to-one clients. Um, and then we've got like our little nutrition clinic as well that we've kind of launched as well. So people can book off one off consultations, yeah. um, which which is uh, great. So, yeah, it's 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 good. It's busy. Um, it's been a few setbacks if you're talking off air. But uh, no, it's it's good. Like I, I can't really complain. Like I've got my mental health. So I'm all good. Good, good. Yeah, no, it's great to see it growing so much and the team expanding and really good nutritionists as well. Um, like Jane, who was on the podcast before, um, she's brilliant. Like, and then Dallas, who's going to be coming on soon. Um, so like there you've got a wealth of knowledge behind you, so it, it's really good. Um, so yeah, like I suppose I kind of said there we're quite similar in some areas that we work on. I, I know like we definitely have the same kind of approach with our kind of no nonsense approach to nutrition and stuff like that and getting started and but like a lot of the clients you would work with I said there were maybe fat loss still but you still get a lot of those coming yeah yeah so like we would have a range from like I know you're having I think you're having Dallas on to talk about thyroid so like thyroid hypothetic amenorrhea PCOS fertility fertility is the big one yeah um I, I think we've got I think in January we have five new bambinos oh, very um, coming. So we're hoping that they'll call them Shane, Dallas and Jane. <laughs> we're, we've got copyright images on those uh, patent, patent pending. Um, so yeah, and then we've got fat loss as well. And then we've got, we, we work with an awful lot of people coming from say Slim Club backgrounds. Yeah. Um, I hate Slim Clubs. I know. I think they're a big ball of shite. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like Tinder Swindler. That's what I compare them in clubs to. Absolute <laughs> <Two> frauds. Absolute <laughs> frauds. To give me your money and I'm going to go to another country with your money and they're going to run away. Yeah. That's essentially what I think. And you traumatized and damaged for years afterwards. <laughs> it's quite scary to see how many people just have gone for them. Like I, I never had it. Like my mom's kind of quite, quite trim and she's always been into sports and stuff. So I never really was surrounded with it. But I can see it from other 
the, the lads and stuff that their parents and stuff would have potentially struggled with their weight and have gone to slimming clubs yeah. and it's just the language around food that I think is the most harmful thing because if you believe something is good or bad it's it's very hard to get that out of your psyche yeah, um, really and if you it, it's really harmful towards yourself because you're kind of like well I can't have this because this is going to happen it's like no this won't actually won't happen yeah. if you have chocolate every day you're a much nicer person with chocolate in your life yeah, I know. I, I'm the same. I absolutely hate them. And I've seen it like on a personal level, people close to me going to these clubs and going in and being celebrated for maybe losing a little bit of weight and then being absolutely well, like just feeling like crap and coming out crying because they didn't lose weight. And yeah. it's just this success is only associated with weight loss and counting up, say, your sins or whatever, but absolutely no impact no ideas on processes or like what they did during that week and it just your value is completely put it like down to whether you were weight you've achieved weight loss or you have self-worth comes in oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's 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 scary and i think that gets knocked on to another generation and then the next generation and next generation and stuff so it's been kind of going on for a while and i think it's it it, it can be um it's harmful. I think the, the education system just needs a, a big improvement. Like I don't remember ever getting taught in school about anything uh, regarding any of this kind of stuff. And no. so many myths like Dr. Google, you'll figure out something like you can Google the stupidest thing ever and that will try to fix it. People look for quick fixes all the time. People blame external factors all the time. Like obviously COVID has been tough for everyone. Mental health has been but a lot of the stuff that's because of COVID is people haven't dealt with their stuff for a very long time and then just a yeah. volcano has erupted um, and that's it's not nice to see um, and I know that's something that we're going to kind of talk about with kind of like some of the stuff that I know you sent over yeah yeah I guess we'll get started like I suppose you um, yeah habits is something like is a is stepping away from say the likes of cinnamon clubs or just diet culture in general where it's just like either restricting groups or restricting foods and instead what you and I would focus on is working more so on processes to kind of shape you to feel better and achieve like your goals um but in a more what's the word balanced way um manage manageable way that's more easy to adhere to that's not like absolutely destroying your self-worth or quality of life um so yeah, the question I suppose I'd ask you, like, is it as easy? Say someone's coming to you or me for fat loss now, like, would you, uh, and they're like, would you just say, right, let's get started now? Or what's your advice to getting started on a journey? Uh, it depends. Uh, but it, like when we have, we, we have, we have like one hour uh, kind of like welcome calls with, with our clients and we kind of go through these individuals. So they fill in a form before they talk with us. And then they have a welcome call with one of the one of the coaches who's been specifically designated to that person based on their background. Um, so if someone's coming from a cynical background, we're going to go through, well, what have you tried before? What hasn't worked? Has it been the all or nothing approach? Has it been counting calories? Has it been emotional eating? So if it's emotional eating, well, we need to look at the emotional eating element of it first before, because otherwise it's like building a house on a foundation of matchsticks and it's just going to collapse. So a lot of people forget the emotional element of it, but probably the emotional element of it is the bit that makes dieting hard. Like dieting isn't easy. Dieting is very difficult. People can lose weight. Yes, but can people keep it off? And I know there's people saying that diets don't work. They do work. One paper said it didn't work, and that's the issue. People keep reverting back to that paper. Diets do work. Yeah. It's normally the approach that doesn't work, and it's the individual and the, psych the psycho psychological barriers and stuff that people bring with them. That, that That's the reason they don't work. Yeah. So we always look at that side of things. We do things a little bit differently in relation to we're lucky to have Dallas. Dallas is a training psychologist, so Dallas brings in that element with his clients. And I know a lot of the stuff is uncomfortable for a lot of the clients with that side of things. We bring in self-compassion. We bring in that you're you, we're encouraged to have chocolate every day. We don't do meal plans because they don't work. It's like me rubbing a carrot against my head, expecting my hair to grow back. They don't work. Um, so we do things a little bit differently depending on the client. So I would say if I was to go on a metric, probably 80% of our clients to 90% of our clients don't count calories. Mm -hmm. I'm not anti-counting calories. But most people, when they open my fitness pal, will enter two pounds of weight loss a week in, and that's 1,200 calories. There's nothing wrong with 1,200 calories in the right hands, but for a majority of people, 99% of people shouldn't be on 1,200 calories. Um, so it's very dependent. 
we work on kind of like, well, we need to work on the emotional side of things first before we can, and as a byproduct, weight loss can happen. Yeah. But a lot of our clients won't weigh in. So we remove the self-worth element of it. So we remove the trigger. Most people, when they step on the scales and it goes up, it's like, oh no, I fucked up. So now I must stop and now I must eat everything. It's kind of like, no, it's like, how is that bringing you to your goal? It's kind of counterintuitive. It's like, well, my tires, one tire is flat. So I'm going to, because one tire is flat, I'm going to puncture the rest of them. Yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So you have to kind of question that side of things of people, where they're getting their perfectionist tendencies from, trauma, bullying, all that kind of stuff. Like it's, some of it's uncomfortable as hell. Yeah. What have they tried regarding training? Are they running themselves on the ground? Are they stressed to the hilt? And that's the biggest thing we found during lockdown is that the stress element is is quite scary. People are literally living on the brink of stress so like all the time. Like they just can't turn off. There's no boundaries. Uh, sleep is a massive thing as well. If someone has kids and stuff like that, that has to be taken into account. Like things aren't going to go swimmingly all the time. So it's about how to adapt to those situations, having to plan A, B and C and D and E and F and G. Um, having that side of thing so every single person that comes to the door is completely different yeah. and it's not a generic here's a this will go and sort out sort out the things for yourself the emotional regulation part is the hardest part for us and it's the biggest thing that we focus on um some people don't like it some people yeah. the ones that are so i know we're gonna but uh, a lot of the things that with kind of like the the emotional side of things and this is excluding those with eating disorders because uh, that's a very different field altogether. This is this is people who are like people need to clarify what binge eating means and what emotional eating means. Binge eating means you lose control and you can't stop. Emotional eating means you can't stop. You just choose not to yeah. um, because it's an overwhelming urge. And that's all it is like a wave. It rises up and crashes back down. The earth of the feeling passes of overwhelm or anxiety or sadness or stress or whatever. Maybe it does pass. But for whatever reason, as from coping mechanisms that have been taught to you or whatever it may be, um, you decide to go for food. And that's been your coping mechanism. So like, there's a massive difference. So too many people use the binge eating thing, that word. And there's a massive difference. Um, but we we work a lot with that on clients and um, it's uncomfortable. But generally, it's kind of deciding is it more comfortable to stay where you are or is it more comfortable to go in the direction you want? Yeah. No, I completely agree. It's really about digging deep, but like I would agree it's really uncomfortable to, to do that. You feel like sometimes maybe you're pressing on, like, you know, the kind of people who don't want to talk about it. And there's a reason they don't want it. It's difficult. It's bringing up stuff that they don't want to uncover that maybe has been there for a while. But like yourself, I, I have to say, like in order for anyone or that person who has that stuff that's blocking them, you're not going to make progress long-term and really like see yeah like sustainable results if you don't uncover the stuff the stuff that's been blocking you for probably years and like it probably comes from even childhood without you even realizing it and like things like what your mum might have said to you or something like that just in the kitchen are you sure you need that like oh, those things can just actually you remember those things I think anyone who has issues with food will remember some comments that someone has said to them without them even being intentionally harmful but they just can have a an effect on someone who's going through something like that um and again like you said as well boundaries that's the other one I think people pleasing um not having things in place for yourself is a huge one I've seen with my own clients like it's just a boundary that people don't seem to have and I find it's really correlates with people pleasing and someone who just can't um or finds it difficult not can't but finds it really difficult then to to lose weight or get good habits in place and put time in for themselves because they're just yes people to everyone else and no to themselves then basically which is I see a lot yeah yeah and I think people pleasing and lack of boundaries are two of the big things that I think are rampant right now it's kind of like well why is that person more important than you yeah and once you ask that question you're kind of like oh well you put your own oxygen mask you're you're on the airplane you're you're told to put your own oxygen mask on Really so why is that person? So yeah, it's uh, why is that person important? I always just say like you're saying yes to someone else, but that means you're saying no to yourself. It's like you're needs- you value them on yeah. on a ranking scale. You value them more than yourself. And then I'll be like, yeah, but it's different. It's like how is it different? You're so it. What the only way it could be different is when kids come into it. Mm-hmm. Like kids may not be self sufficient. They may be at the age where they need to have that little bit more support, yeah. more hand holding. Literally, yes. But at the time, you're not having boundaries 
or you not being a little bit more selfish with your time is you being selfish because you're not giving your kids the best version of yourself. Yeah. You're not, you're working silly hours mm-hmm. for probably the same amount of money when you probably could get a different job and work less hours. You aren't sleeping. So you're probably not the nicest person in the world around people in general. Yeah. You're probably not exercising, which could even just go for a walk. It could be for a swim. It could be meet, meet people for a coffee, bring the kids with you if you want. Yeah. Yeah. But and it's, it's easy for me to say because I don't have kids, but I've seen it with my mates who have kids that they have a routine that like on a Saturday morning, my mate would take the three lads and then his wife would take the three lads on a Sunday and they have their their their, their, their central time for them. Yeah. yeah. And like you don't need to go out and do like a billion bloody steps, which is the hardest part. People think that you need to go out and be in this gym for an hour and a half. You don't like a 30 minute session. You could do a hit session if you wanted, but hit sessions are not the most recommended thing for most people if they're stressed and not sleeping or if you're not, scrolling on your phone huh? we're not enjoyable either <laughs> no, they're not enjoyable they're not enjoyable um but if you're like if the kids are going to bed at seven o'clock like if you got if you got young kids like are going to bed at seven o'clock you're probably not going to bed until 11 or 12 yeah. so you've got four or five hours where you're probably either cleaning around the house or sitting watching netflix or you're scrolling on your scrolling. phone or all three. Yeah. Um, so you're you'd rather value doing that than looking after potentially making a meal for the next day, yeah. potentially making the kids lunch that day, potentially going to bed early, potentially yeah. ringing a friend rather than scrolling, potentially going out for a walk, ask your partner if they're around still to kind of watch the kids for half an hour, you go out for a walk. I guarantee you more energy, you'll sleep better. And you'll be able to function as a better, a better human because if you keep giving more and more and more, you're like your job on this earth is not to be pe- to to put other people first. It's not to do everything for everyone else first. You're being selfish, yeah. Um, by not you can't you can't be doing the best job you can. You couldn't can't be doing your best job with work. You can't be looking after your health. You like the the kids aren't getting the best version of you. Obviously, if they're young kids and they're not sleeping, your sleep is disrupted. Yeah. That's that that's a very different circumstance. If they, one of the kids gets ill, kids get sick. That's what they do. They're little snot rockets. They do that. That's what they do. Um, and things, but you need a plan B. Could you potentially do a little bit batch cook? Eat when the kids are eating. If yeah. you're going out for a walk, if they've got young kids and they need to be put to sleep, bring them out for a walk with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, ask for help. Yeah. It's the hardest part people don't want to do is reach out to parents reach out to support groups reach out to someone else and ask for someone can you mind these for like with covid obviously it's been difficult but yeah. things are opening back up but there is support for people out there they just need to talk about it a little bit more absolutely not be afraid to ask for help and i just think like if you are you end up building up resentment and you try to cope with it then in other ways like not caring for yourself and thinking and just eating loads of crap and drinking alcohol and binging tv or whatever your outlet is you just do something else to kind of suppress the shitty or crappy feelings that you you have Uh, I suppose this brings us into then like where to start what to start with like no matter what what you're breaking down goals how do you help with someone who wants to start feeling better just it doesn't even have to be weight loss I know we're talking about that like but you know just feeling better getting good habits in place that can help with weight loss but just overall um better health really how does someone break down goals and prioritize the ones that they should focus on uh, like say a busy mum or just someone who works really around the clock and has a very high demanding job you know I, I say you have a lot of people like that I do have a lot of uh, women who've got you know big big jobs and like a lot's expected of them and it's difficult for them to step away from even their computer because it's monitored how much they're on it and if they even step away it's like where are you like there's a lot of that like so how do you suggest people manage that kind of thing when they're just there's a lot expected of them i think what you said there about the work thing and the monitoring of the hours and moving the mouse every certain time whatever like that that's not conducive in any way to anyone's that's like big brother all the time oh but I, I think i don't agree with it at all i think it's awful yeah <laughs> but i think a lot of people can be can get caught up in the identity of being stressed being in a certain career being a certain identity of needing to be at a certain level to their mates and that 
identity can be curtailing other elements of their life. So I always talk about kind of like the five F's. So you break your life into fitness, finance, focus, fun, and fitness, finance, focus, fun, and freedom. It's made that I don't know. <laughs> fitness, finance, focus, fun, and family. So you oh. break your life into those five F's, right? So you try to set a 90 day goal for each one. Um, and then you work your way back. So say if you're saving money, so in 90 days, how much money do you want to save? So 90 days is three months. So right. I want to say 1500 quid in by three months. So what do you need to do each week to get to that goal? So by the end of each month, you need to have 500 quid saved. So you need to save X amount each month. So link that as a goal. And then what you also need to probably do is have some sort of consequence. So in Atomic Habits, he talks about habits and how to make them kind of like get away from procrastination, which is what most people do. And one of them is make it a consequence. So you can say, right, say to the kids, right, we're going to go to Disneyland. And that will give them some sort of why. It will also give you some sort of leverage for yourself saying that if I don't save this money, the kids are going to be disappointed. So they're not going to get a holiday this year. You need to make the rewards immediate to yourself. So what I mean by that is there's a thing called, I think, temptation bounding or temptation binding, I think it's called. So if you link in with something like something that you do enjoy with something, you can only do that with something you don't enjoy. So, for example, you only do something you love while doing things you procrastinate on. So you don't enjoy listening to a podcast or you don't enjoy reading. So well, you're going to go for a walk or you do enjoy reading and you don't enjoy walking. So you're going to listen to a podcast or you're going to listen to an audio book while you're out for a walk. Two yeah. birds, one stone. Yeah. Um, bring in a consequence. So if you don't complete your goal for yourself, so you don't complete the 1500 quid, you, the kids will be disappointed. Or if it's something like, well, I'm, I want to hit the, so the final, the fitness goal would be, well, I'm going to hit the gym three times a week for 12 weeks. That's 36 times. That's not that difficult. Yeah. That's not that difficult. It doesn't have to be an hour long session. It'll be 36 minutes. But if you don't hit those 36 times, don't donate money to charity, donate money to your partner saying, if I don't do this, uh, you get it brought out for a fancy meal or whatever it is, whatever it could be kind of decide or design your kind of your future action. So look at, only look at kind of like if you're trying to lose weight buy single packs things rather than buying multi-packs so what is the future you want to look like so potentially you want to look a little bit trimmer only buy more veggies buy more frozen veg get more veg get fruit into the house but only buy single packs rather than the multi-packs of the food and then make the task achievable so there's a two-minute rule which james clear talks about in atomic habits and the task should take less than two minutes simple one Put your when you log off your laptop, put your gym gear on. Yeah. Or put your vitamins beside the press. Or put your vitamins beside your phone. Put your vitamins beside the the kettle or the toothbrush or whatever it may yeah. be. Or one of the things that I try to bring myself because I'm not when I get stressed, I don't really eat. So I lose weight really quickly. And people are going to be listening to this saying, Shane, you're an asshole. It's 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 a curse too. Um put little alarms on your phone. So if you're someone that doesn't eat very well uh, when they're, or they don't eat that much when they get stressed, put little alarms onto your phone yeah. uh, to kind of make sure. So someone with ADHD, it's, it's a great tool for them. Um, if they are struggling to eat, they can come very flustered and they become like dopamine hit driven. So they go for the yeah. more sugary, rich foods. So one of the things is put little alarms onto your phone. So three meals, two snacks, three meals, three snacks, whatever it may be. Uh, but back to the five F's, they have a 90 day goal for each one. What do you need to do to get to those goals? Well, people will get confused and get bogged down in, right? How do I set these 90 day goals? I'm going to get so overwhelmed by these. Imperfect action is better than inaction. That's yeah. a quote by, uh, I think it's Henry Truman, Henry S. Truman. Uh, so that, what that means is you are better off doing something and starting doing something rather than trying to do nothing because it's just another form yeah. of procrastination. If you're waiting for Dublin bus to bring you to your destination, you're going to be waiting a while. Sorry, Dublin bus. Well, what will happen is, what will happen is, there'll be no buses for ages, and then two will come along at once. Yeah, yeah. But I've noticed myself when I don't really feel like going to the gym, 
Um, I let my training slip during the lockdown. I would hold my hands up, but walking was the one thing that I didn't let go. Yeah. Um, and once you get back into kind of booking three sessions into your calendar, booking you time, all your meetings are booked in for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Make no, a fitness goal. Mm-hmm. It's easier. Yeah. It's just like, don't let perfect get in the way of just being better. Even if it's just a 1% improvement, like every day, I think that it's going to come back to that. Like, Oh, ate pizza for dinner last night may as well I, on a friday say oh may as well start monday no you can still start saturday has it ever worked no like just if you're doing starting monday like you've seen that everywhere if you if you if you start monday for the last few years there's something wrong like you know you need to change something up but yeah like the imperfect action is better than what but what's that one um in action in action yeah and that, that i use the other one just uh, don't let perfect get in the way of being better and i think it's a really good one to remind yourself of again like we're all human like like yourself like i'm not having been exactly miss healthy like since i moved to portugal and just loving my life and definitely been drinking a bit more and things like that but uh, i make room for like i don't let that say stop me on a monday from going on a really bad um breakfast or nutrition i still really mind you valued but you valued that more for yourself at that time and that's okay it's about not beating yourself up for that like most people would would say well i have to be perfect all the time like no you've said to yourself right i'm you've moved to a different location during lockdown which isn't easy yeah so you've got made an intention to yourself to go out meet new people have more drinks have more food but you're still keeping your routine with work you keep doing some sort of exercise whether it be walking or whatever it may be but you you, at that's for the maybe the last year or six months you value doing something else and that's okay you can't be on it all the time and that's what people need to appreciate Mm -hmm. there'll be times where you're able to push it but there'll be times you need to sit back on it. And that's the hardest part for an awful lot of people is they yeah. don't understand that they can't always be motivated. People outsource their blame to motivation, this buzzword that's out there. Yeah. People also do, always start, also don't also start something without having a proper why. They will be like, well, why do I want to lose weight? Because I want to lose weight. I want to lose 10 kilos. Why do you want to lose 10 kilos? Yeah. They picked a number out of their head. There's no, there's no reason yeah, behind it. Maybe they were like that when they were 18 or something. It's like, well, sorry, you're not 18 anymore. Like things change, you know, and like, you know, I, I that's something I, I see like, oh, I used to be like this size or whatever. Like you're not 18. You're not in school anymore. Life has changed. You, you're, you are, we are meant to fluctuate in weight. It's quite normal, particularly for women. I think anyway, men do too, like weight changes and it's okay. And just accepting that as well. And ask it like for me, like, you know, again like I'll just bring it back to your personal note like the change in my life last year like yeah I put on maybe a bit more weight and maybe haven't been as healthy but also like 10 times more happy you like living my life that I was uh stuck in my bedroom not like socializing mixing with people or just having kind of a purpose to my life like there's other ways of being happier and healthier that are not just to do with the number on the scales or even the size of clothes that you're fitting in and I think that's something that people um forget about it's just too much value honed in on a number and how you look but there's other ways of being happy and people will love you regardless of you know obviously you do need to take pride in your appearance I don't say not saying let yourself go completely but like there is more to you as well than just how you're looking you know yeah and I think what you weigh you've no control over yeah but you control over your actions yeah you've no control over the weather so but you can still manage to like if you can't go for a walk potentially go for the gym or just do a little hit session at home. Yeah. So it's not it's 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 understanding that there's some element of control that people have. Yeah. And there's some element of control that we don't have. Yeah. But we also don't need to control every single thing. A lot of people will struggle with that side that side of things is they feel they have to control all elements before they can ever do anything. Yeah. But the only thing we can actually control is our actions. And when people realize that it's up to them because everyone has has kind of shit that they dealt with over the last little while everyone has baggage that's 100 but you're also not the same person you were as 5 10 15 years ago you're a very different person and the only thing you control in the, the now is right here and right now you can't control the future can't control the past so if you're someone who has been struggling with yo-yo dieting for a lot of their life look at the approach that you've taken has it involved taking out your favorite foods has it involved restricting to the point of mass destruction? 
has it involved shaming yourself on a weighing scales you need to re- you need to look at the the the, the element that you, the, the method that you did and tweak it because the definition of insanity is the same thing over and over again so if you're going to these slimming clubs and they're working for you happy days keep going but my gut would say that the business model they have is set up for like i think it's 86 percent of people return to slimming clubs i think it's around that number um that's their business model but like in order for diet means way of life diet doesn't mean restriction you can control what you do on a daily basis you can control having a family night or a takeaway night or a date night on a weekend and not having to press reset or having to kind of oh i'm going to start dieting on a monday because how, how many times have you actually started dieting on a monday and then give up by a wednesday yeah 60% is the stat it's quite scary and we're coming up to now i think today's valentine's day that we're talking yeah um and i think it's like 80 percent of people give up on new year's resolutions by now oh yeah but like, like it's quite it's uh, yeah it's quite scary yeah but it's it, again a lot of that is well you've just said it all really it's setting really unrealistic goals oh. go back to doing what you did before that doesn't work and then shaming yourself and negative self-talk so again like i'm going to talk to you about that like something you probably deal with a lot as well is people just being really hard on themselves for whatever they're not good enough they're not doing enough because probably they're setting themselves up to fail by expecting far too much from themselves but dealing with negative self-talk what is your advice with that or your approach with that you said one sentence there which is at the nail the head you said am i doing enough and i always ask people to define what is enough Mm. and people can't define what enough is yeah. Because if, if it's the most you can give in a certain week that and say if that's three homemade dinners and your kid's been ill and you've had chocolate every day and you've gone for two walks and that's the most you can do in any week, happy days. That's the best you could have done. That's enough. But most people will look at, well, she's doing 27 hit sessions in a week. Um, she probably won't have kneecaps when she's older, but let's watch her. But like it's it doesn't work. Um, the negative self talk we all have it. Yeah, we all have it. Um, I think people think that uh, people in nutrition or fitness have their shit together. I can certainly tell you we definitely don't. Um, definitely don't. Um, so like self talk is is like you have to the way we always talk about it is would you allow yourself to talk to your kid the way you're talking to yourself right now? Would you be happy how you were? Your, if your kid came to you right now and said what you just said about yourself, that I feel fat, that I, I'm a horrible person, I'm disgusting. Would you be happy if one of your kids came to you and said that to you right now? And the answer is no. So why is it different for them compared to you? It's not. They're not more important than you. But why is it different for them? Yeah. And people will struggle to answer that question because they're the kids. And like, no, no, no. They're learning off you. So if you're saying these things or they overhear you talking to your partner or talking about these things, they're picking up on these things. You're telling them it's okay to say these things about themselves. And once that penny lands, it's kind of like you're pushing your self-worth, you're pushing your self-esteem. And self-esteem is how we perceive or what we perceive others to think of ourselves. We can't control what other people think of us. I can't control what Mary Jo is thinking of me right now. I can't control whoever's listening to the podcast to think of me right now. But what I can control is how I respond, my actions. So rather than I, I kind of getting rid of that, so back to the, the the voice, that negative voice, it's always there. It's there as it's hardwired into our brains. There's two parts. There's the conscious and there's the subconscious. The subconscious is where all these little beliefs that we have, these little fairy beliefs that kind of float around. And they're the things that kind of pop up every now and then. Like we've, is it 60,000 or 90,000 negative thoughts in a, a day or some, some silly, I can't remember what it is. I don't have a number on it either now, but yeah, it's, it's big. It's quite high. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite high. Um, but, but the subconscious is these thoughts and thoughts are beliefs and beliefs are lies. Then we have our conscious, which is our emotions and our emotions are, are, uh, are where the truth is. So when we're emotional, it's our body's trying to tell us something. Um, and like if women are have PMS, your body's trying to tell you something. Like if you've got PMS, there's some something up with the equi- equilibrium, not meant to have PMS. It means you're either stressed to the hilt, and people are like, oh, well, I'm not stressed. I'm like, your body says different. 
yeah. people like they need to be like I, I need to be like a bundle of nerves or like head down the table all the time or yeah. whatever it is that's not stress stress is like mm. one of these little things it's just kind of like a little small little dial on a radio going up 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 yeah. up 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 the negative voice the emotions are where the truth is so one of the things we talk about like the voice is like an inner bully so when you are um in school and you essentially got bullied or picked on a school your parents always say kill the bully with kindness right so what we talk to our clients is and this can be wishy-washy for some people but it does work and if anyone wants to listen to an episode of working is listen to the episode we did with a client with one of our clients grace she did this to the to the t and like it's like a different person um and you name you give that voice a name so she had it she got bullied quite badly when she was a kid and she named the voice the name after that bully so every time that voice spoke up she would say thank you so rather than saying no this actually this is hang on this is true i must give into this and cause anxiety to herself and go for food which is what she had been doing she would kind of say hang on thank you for that thought and she'd take a big deep breath in saying what do i need for myself right now i'm just gonna take a couple of big deep breaths in right and then her other mechanism was she put up uh the, the pause symbol uh, on her screensaver on her phone yeah. So when she felt overwhelmed, she'd pause and take a big deep breath in. She'd have her phone in her hand most of the time, like because it was her job as sales. So she would take a big deep breath in, and that's what she'd do also. But her else, the other mechanism she came up with was fact for your opinion. How many of the things do we about that we believe about ourselves right now are actual fact, or are they an opinion or a picture that have been painted by others? Yeah. Not much of the stuff that we actually believe about ourselves is actually true. And if people want to really go into it, your name actually isn't your own name. That's your subconscious's name. That's just the, that's just the title your subconscious has been given to you. So if people really want to go into it. <laughs> My head's not ready. Uh, yeah, people, people aren't ready for that. That's, that's, that's like, we have these things that we kind of get, get taught on a daily basis, told on a daily basis. But they're people's opinions. Opinions like ourselves. Every single one of us has one. Yes. So we don't necessarily have to believe that. Why is that person's opinion more uh, have more uh, sound basis to it than ours? Why is theirs more powerful than ours? Mm-hmm. The like name the bully, look at fact for your opinion um, on that side of things and ask yourself, if you've got kids, or you've got nieces or nephews, or you've got young kids or Angie or whatever it is, would you be happy how you're talking with yourself right now? Yeah. And one of the exercises, the last exercise that we work on our, with our clients in Dallas and I did this on one of the podcast episodes and it was probably one of the most uncomfortable podcast episodes I've ever done. Uh, Kristen Neff has a book called Self-Compassion and it will blow people's minds. Um, she has an exercise in at the back. 10 things you like about yourself and okay. none of those 10 things can, none of those 10 things can be based off what other people think of you. Okay. So ten, what, what were they then? <laughs> I can't remember what they were. <laughs> I can't remember what they were. Um, but like people will get to one or two, they'll be like, I like my the ones that keep coming up a lot more, like I like my say my hands and my feet. But once they get past that, it's kind of like they don't like their legs, they don't like their stomachs, they don't like that side of things. But it's kind of like, well, what are you comparing yourself to? Yeah. What I'm are you doing first thing in the morning? What are you doing in the evening? You're looking at some other people. Yeah, and is it only like physical these stuff so-called or? inverted commas perfect bodies? Sorry. So no wonder you're, it can be anything. It can be like, like it can be like you're like you're funny or you're whatever. Maybe oh, you're, okay. it's very difficult to do. Oh no, absolutely. When you get people to talk like about themselves, like and Irish people are horrific at it. Really bad. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's definitely an Irish thing as well. Like, just it's a big shame about saying good, positive things about yourselves. Like, oh, she loves herself. Like, it's a bad thing. <laughs> um, yeah, she's got notions. <laughs> Yeah. who do you think she is <laughs> exactly yeah sunning herself in portugal while the rest of us are in dublin <laughs> really not sunning myself <laughs> so white <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah um but i think a bit like i think when people are talking about like negative self talk we all do it we all have it uh it's just whether how much power we give those stories because yeah. that's all they are they're stories and like dallas always says cool story bro yeah it's good actually yeah I think it's practice too it's not something that you're going to suddenly switch from being like negative and talking really bad to yourself and then expecting to be super zen you know really positive and you know being able to shut it down I definitely for my own experience would say it's practice and just like being able to catch that one thing and say 
like where's the evidence for that where am I getting this from like is it actually true like the kind of fact versus opinion and um, but again that's like not 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 doesn't happen every single time sometimes I am a dick to myself and, and other times I'll be like oh wait no bring it back you're doing I always look at like have I slept have I eaten am I stressed like what's the trigger what is actually triggering this look at like where is it coming from yeah and have I looked at what I've have I had my self-care I think a lot, of, a lot of people will be like look at their particular bodies that be comparing themselves to other people but I think what people when people hear like negative talk like oh, how do I turn it off it's like you can't turn it off it's not like a tap you, you can't yeah. turn it off it's it's going to be there um the fact of the opinion thing if people want to read a book uh where is it uh change your brain change your life by doc amen yeah. uh that's that's really good for that side of stuff uh or cbt is a great form of therapy if people want to go and go for there i would encourage everyone to be in therapy um yeah. the one thing i realize is including me no one has a shit together no everyone's winging it um the people who were putting up on pedestals haven't got their shit together yeah. um no one has everyone's winging it the one thing that we all have in our life is fear every single one of us has some, has some element of fear in their lives uh, it's about looking at do we want to be where we are right now in five years time or do we want to be where we actually say we actually want to go to you may or not get there but i'd also be like well, i want to be on my deathbed knowing i've actually done something that serves a purpose and knowing that i've given it my all if i failed to do it at least i've tried yeah yeah um no really good stuff there like lots of food for thought for people listening to this and like that whole section we just kind of talked about was very much kind of focused on habits processes settings it's achievable targets um not being really hard on yourself and not you know being realistic and then the self-talk that like can be really um can be one of the reasons why you just don't make progress and uh, I've seen it anyway with lots of my clients. And like you said, identifying the triggers too is a good one. Like PMS can be definitely a big trigger for me. Sometimes when I'm when that week, I'm like, oh, I feel like a feckin' I hate it. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that's why. I, I, it's it's yeah. good, good to know that. But you've well. tracked it. But I think the big thing is like, if you track yeah. your cycle, yeah. I think um, like the four seasons of the cycle, if you bring it back to that. Yeah. And so, I know there's not much science to it, but it is a useful like analogy for it. Is. I like it. It's just an analogy, really. Like it doesn't mean that's concrete at science, whatever, but it is a nice little analogy. It, it, it's a nice image. Yeah. Like, so if someone doesn't know who it is, what, what it's about, so if you compare your cycle weeks or each week on your on your uh on your cycle to a season of the year. So like spring, you're ready to take on the world, summer, you're living your best life, autumn, you're coming becoming a little bit more reclusive not ready to take on tasks and then you've got the winter where it's like winter is coming your yeah. cycle is coming yeah it's basically what it is it can be rough <laughs> I yeah. can imagine yeah <laughs> no again it really does um you do have to talk to yourself differently on those weeks and this is probably speaking more woman to woman like but like you do have to um and just be like I think having that awareness where you're at in the cycle is a very important tool to have in your in your back pocket because you then can be like oh look okay there's a little bit more of a reason why I'm carrying a little bit more water weight maybe or just not like feeling as good you know energized uh vibe vibrant whatever you want to call it like no I'm going to Dubai now this week and I'm on PMS week like I'm just kind of like oh great great time and like it's just not ideal but you just have to kind of be a bit um just like yeah kinder to yourself and all that kind of good stuff and just to um yeah it's fine it, like it, just understanding where you're at can make you feel a wee bit better though rather than just thinking like oh crap I'm getting a load of weight I just feel ugly blah 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 and I just I just think it can be helpful for for women going through that and um, you know, hormonal change during every month that we go through um so yeah enough about my own cycle <laughs> I can't talk about my own so you're on your own there. <laughs> so listen speaking then of kind of more hormonal kind of stuff I'm just going to touch on PCOS and this is my area that I specialize in um, and I know you you work with a lot of clients in this area too and so you've worked with a lot so what have you seen you know that really helps that do you believe firstly that it is um more difficult for women with PCOS versus say a non-PCOS woman to achieve fat loss and um, yeah fat loss really because I feel like that's the area that like a lot of women hold in on because like I've got PCOS can't lose weight what is your approach or do you find it is it different to um someone who doesn't have PCOS so the first things first is not everyone with PCOS needs to lose weight yeah agree 
Um, it's let's not talk about women who are, say, overweight with PCOS <laughs> and really have been okay, struggling for years to try and lose weight yeah. with PCOS. Okay, so, so what has been so PCOS is kind of one of these things that's been it's kind of like there's more and more information being put out there now. Um, it's one of these newly researched topics. There's more and more research going to be coming out after this episode. So at this point in time, it the difficulty to lose weight isn't as high as people are led to believe. So I know there was figures being totted around of like 30% slower, 40% slower metabolism than yeah. someone who doesn't have PCOS. Now the research is showing, uh, there's newer research showing that it is only a different of around hundred calories. So to put hundred calories in perspective, it's less than chicken fillet. Yeah. So that's not a whole lot. So it can't really be the blame. So what's generally a little bit more difficult for those with PCOS is psychological barriers and the mental barriers. So there's some stats on this. Do not quote me on this. Over 50% of those with PCOS have a mood or a depressive like symptoms compared to those who do not have PCOS. Yeah. And that can, they can't, can't specify it enough, but what they do think it is potentially through body image issues, self-esteem issues through being going through restrictive diets through uh, the excess hair growth uh, the increased testosterone uh, that side of things that can be, or the, the baldness or the, the skin issues or the brain spots in the skin, whatever it may be, or the acne. Um, those side of things can be a massive impact. And so from someone who has suffered acne and was put on tablets when they were a teenager, it's not easy and it does take its toll on you. Um, but it's not uh, the weight loss thing isn't as big as most people think about it. hundred calories. Isn't a whole lot of calories. Um, so it's not as difficult as people believe with the calories element of it, but the driver for most people's is their emotional regulation and their, their, their six inches between the two years. So when it becomes to a little bit slower, it can be more of a psychological barrier, the triggers, the uh, kind of like the mental health side of things, the anxiety. Um, so yeah, that's the main element. And that's the same that goes for people with PCOS. The main driver for every, like all the driver for every single one of us is our six inches between our two ears. Mm-hmm. If that's not playing ball, it's very difficult. So it's, a, it's, it's noticing that like that, the, the, and I know one of the questions you asked me as well, or have sent over is those who with PCOS, what kind of, have, have we changed with the results to who got the results? It's increasing physical activity. It will help you sleep because people with PCOS can have issues sleeping or sleep apnea as well. Yeah. Have you got support around you or have emotional support? Have you got gone to therapy or CBT? Um, have you got support from family or friends? Because it's just research shown that like those who live longer are those who have people around them. Have you got those people? Yeah. One in 10 women have PCOS. It's quite a high percentage. So you're not alone. Someone else has got through it and managed it. You're not alone on your journey. Talking to someone not blaming PCOS is the reason why you can't lose weight, taking some self-compassion again and saying, it's not PCOS. It's not my fault for having PCOS. It's no one's fault for having anything. Also look at it as a benefit. You've got more testosterone, the male hormone. You can get strong as shit compared to those who don't have it in the gym. You can lift some serious shit if you really wanted to. Um, Managing your stress and your sleep are like the foundations whether you've PCOS or no PCOS sleep and stress are literally, if you look at it, if you think of it like a a pyramid, the base of that pyramid should be stress and sleep. If you do not have your stress and sleep under control, you are not a nice person to be around and you're not a nice person to yourself. You can't function. You can't do your job. You can't be, you can't do the best job as a parent. You can't train. You can't, you're going to go for more sugary carbohydrate rich foods. And there's nothing wrong with those foods, but everything in small doses. Yeah. Um, you also don't need to cut out carbohydrates. Uh, oh, Sky News update. You mm-hmm. don't need to cut carbohydrates out. Um, whole grain carbohydrates will be a hell of a lot better. You might have like issues with your digestion or IBS. Um, and also don't restrict your food. Uh, have chocolate every day. You are a much nicer person. You can ask your partner right now beside you. Are you a nicer person with chocolate in your life? And I would be surprised if they said no. Yeah. <laughs> But if someone has restricted it for years, I'd say they'd be like, yeah, please give her a fucking chocolate again. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, just, just give her, give her the fix. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, everything you said there, I, I agree. Like, I do think there's a lot of psychological impacts with um, PCOS and there's it's a huge diagnosis really to get like as a, especially like, you know, when you're being told that like the pill is the only option to fix this and you've been told that, um, come back when you want to get pregnant and it's really worrying and overwhelming and then like you're you feel like well what about my weight loss if that if we're talking again about women who maybe are overweight and want to lose weight with PCOS here um and it's just like oh go and lose weight and like as if and I just don't think it's the best approach to be given either like just go lose weight and you'll fix it. weight loss alone isn't going to fix your PCOS and um, like you said there the sleep and stress element are huge areas to work on and um, you know, and someone with PCOS might need that extra bit of hours of sleep than someone without it. Like I, I find that anyway, I need more sleep to function. Um, and a, a lot of, a lot of people would too. Like, you know, there's more going on in your body. Like you're, you're not, you don't use en- energy as efficiently. So you need to recover more. Mightn't be like that forever, but, um, you know, there's a lot like, and stress as well. Like your stress hormones are raised, even if you don't feel you are stressed, they are. Uh, so you've got to ha- sort them out because stress hormones, when they're raised, wreak havoc on other areas, your gut health, your uh, your brain health, your ability to lose weight as well. Like they do have a knock-on effect on that as well, your your cravings. So you got to manage the stress part of it too. And I find that's the hardest part to get in through people's heads is either but why am I working on you know my breath work and you know my sleep and I really just want to like be told what to eat and what exercise to do to burn all the fat you know and yeah that may work I'm going to say may work if you were going to go hard at it at the start but it's not sustainable even if it were to work it might even work anyway no whoever's listening to this you do not need a meal plan to sort your PCOS you do not need a meal plan to sort your PCOS no. um no like anyone can tell anyone to tell them what to eat but like most meal plans I would say there's what you can just, your PT has probably just googled it as well by the way I guarantee if you type the first two meals into it, you'll pop up on google um so yeah like you don't need the meal plan you don't need a restrictive thing why you probably need to do is an inclusive diet. Like diet means way of life. It doesn't mean like you're, you're restricting yourself. You're making up your own rules. You're making up your own food rules that you can't have anything. And if you start to actually question and kind of look into it a little bit more, it's like, well, chocolate's going to make me gain weight. Is chocolate going to make you gain weight? Or is it the amount of chocolate that's going to, going to, or is carbs going to make you gain weight? No, carbs aren't going to make you gain weight. They're worth the same amount of calories as protein, but they do a very different function in the body. And also like carbohydrates for women, uh, if you don't have carbohydrates in your body, you're going to struggle to ovulate. So um, I think don't people don't realize that. Yeah. Uh, and that's again like again a lot of the stuff that's out there on like you know, low carb diets are going to help with the insulin resistance and stuff like that. And I do get the confusion that's out there. Um, but the problem is not the carbs itself it's the fact that you are insulin resistant and it's, you know, we're not going to really get into that now like but like that's what my approach is to get to why you're insulin resistant and support it that way and then so you can eat carbs and you can enjoy uh, all the foods but again like you like you said maybe different types of carbs would work better for you like your more um whole grain ones or less refined ones your root vegetables i think are great really easy to digest as well um yeah you you put up something to the day in relation to like someone was looking for what type of pcos i have and you answered that brilliantly you were like you don't need to be pigeonholed into which type you have i think it's important to understand what what type you do have but there are there's a lot of overlap between the coping mechanisms i think there is an overlap massively anyway and like you have some degree of them all in my opinion yeah. you know apart from well, ior is what 70 percent. so yeah like you know and that ior is still in lean pcos like i would be classified as lean pcos to put me into a box if you wanted to but like i don't do that by the way but like it just if that's what like i would be and like i would have some degree of insulin resistance may not show up on a blood test by the way but um there's still some level of insulin resistance there uh, and then there's um, raise stress hormones which is you know adrenal PCOS and then inflammatory there's like insulin resistance raises inflammation anyway so you're going to have inflammation with insulin resistance or um, maybe you've got less insulin resistance but you have um, more inflammation but you'll have some degree of them all I believe and I think that if you're managing blood sugar control to support insulin resistance managing your stress and 
just eating a more anti-inflammatory diet which we should all be doing anyway you're going to help manage all types of PCOS but yeah I agree I think people like I know I did put up that the other day and people come what type am I like and they get fixated on it and so like that's going to fix them as well by knowing what they are and like and like I'll be at fault for like maybe talking a lot about the types of PCOS and I think people love that kind of says like oh that's me I'm that one now I know what I am yeah it's like a label it's just like okay no right it's to help maybe a little bit but it's really like you're you're going to fluctuate in between them all I believe in some degree you may just be on more um more one scale than the other for it but like you'll still by doing all of those approaches you'll help with them all that's kind of the way I would look at it yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Like, I think we're in like a society now where we're trying to drop labels on people and people are still looking to attach them to themselves. So I think a little bit of work needs to be done on that. Like, yes, there are different metrics, but they're still like the element of stress, sleep, all that kind of stuff is hugely beneficial. So I would focus on those two if I was in resistance training and yeah. get more protein in, get more veggies in. Like the unsexy stuff is generally what works for most ailments. Yeah. Um. So it, it's, and I would, say PCOS is an ailment I just think it's a little bit of adjusting that you need to be put into yeah. your life it can be managed totally. um you may have to work that a little bit harder yeah. but you'll also probably feel prouder when you get to your goal that's the way I would look at it like like if you look at anyone who's yeah that's the way I would say it yeah and it does get to a point then when it doesn't become your identity that oh I've got PCOS so you can the story again like yeah, it's yeah. like you can become attached to a certain story and it's it can be difficult to drop because you've been told so many things you've been kind of handed off by doctors potentially you've been said i need to lose weight in order to, to kind of manage it and it's kind of like for for those who are overweight it can help i uh, don't have to but you have to get the barrier you have to get the the, the foundations right for yourself before before you're in that position it's like what we spoke about at the very beginning yeah you have to work on the emotional stuff first. Like you have to really, really dig into that. And it can be uncomfortable. Like it's, it's no one's fault why you have it. It's no one's it's, 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 it's not, I don't think it's a curse. I don't think it's a crutch to lean on. I just think it's one of those things that it, like women have a lot more to do with the men uh, in relation to how their bodies work for them. But I do think from what I've seen, from my own clients particularly in the last kind of like since the turn of the year anyway the ones that have done the work in relation to looking at their hormones getting them checked getting them screened and kind of not having the like they've had like potentially they've had that story that they can't have kids or whatever maybe for a very long time they've been pawned off pawned off pawned off but once that we kind of dug into why they were actually the, the certain levels of hormones were a little bit lower and we actually managed the lifestyle a little bit better like as I said, we've got five, we've got two sets of twins coming out in the next yeah nine months. Um, for itself again, it's about kind of trusting the process and like moving away. It's the hard from, part. It is really hard. It's really really hard because I I do think with PCOS you may not see results as quick because there's a few more background things to to. That's my thoughts on it anyway. A few more like foundations to really get in place like like the sleep and the stress and stuff like that it's really important to to get them nailed I believe um and you know like to support like a good balanced diet blah blah all of that stuff it's so so important like and I you know both of us work very hard on that with our clients but uh, it is the hardest part is kind of trusting the process but you know there's evidence yourself from what you're saying I've got like a lot of evidence too um you know even just getting the text clients getting their periods back um things like that it's great um yeah. and, and, and it's it's totally possible and you don't need to be um labeled with pcos for the rest of your life you may have it but you don't it doesn't mean that like it takes over your life trust me i'm someone who can say that myself who has pcos so anyway look i think we've spoken a lot there today on a number of topics but really hope that helps um people kind of think this will help anyone who wants to kind of just get into and the good habits and uh, support their health in general a bit of mindset stuff there uh shane like really really good stuff and thank you so much for um coming on and like sharing all that good stuff like it's really 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 is helpful um so yeah like i think we'll leave it at that if you anything you want to say obviously like just kind of like let people know again where they can find you um just to even see your content and your podcast and stuff like that 
Yeah, so thank you so much for having me on again, Mary Jo. Um, very different type of episode compared to kind of some of the other interviews that I've done. So thank you. Um, so yeah, if you head over to Instagram, uh, at Shane Walsh Fitness, if you head over to Instagram or to iTunes or Spotify, Shane Walsh Podcast, you'll get it there as well. Um, and then if you want to work with us, uh, it's shanewalshfitness.com or else you can DM me after on the back of this. Uh, yeah, but thank you so much again for having me on, Mary Jo. I've known it was really good to have you on um, again. And um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening to the episodes. Um, as always, I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, you can check out this episode, obviously, on, um, I'm sorry, I'll be back next week with another episode. But if you um, can leave a review on iTunes, that's always greatly appreciated. And um, talk to you all soon. Take care.